Next voice message sent Monday, September 24th at 5.58 p.m. Hey, Alex and Anna. It's Andrew Benson. I uh, was just about to ride my bike home, realized I forgot my helmet and my light. And then I threw on the September 4th podcast, and I hear Anna questioning whether or not you can figure out what a biker is listening to uh, when they die. So anyway, uh, if you're wondering, it's Landline, and uh, hopefully I make it home and I get to listen to the rest of the season, but keep it up. You guys are doing great, and uh, yeah, hope you guys are well. Bye. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. Welcome back to Landline Podcast. Happy October to one and all. We've got a little bit of a potpourri for you today with some brother and sister conversations, some great voicemails. Scam Jam is back, and although Significant Bother isn't in her normal role, she does appear at length. Got a text message, that's right, text message from the voiceover guy saying, let's get the new VOs done. So new voiceover is coming soon. He's committed. I'm lazy. And lastly, new bit that we'll have a voiceover when landline goes too far. I observed it this week at the local Oktoberfest. Young woman, about 28, hipster glasses, funky haircut tattoos, really doing the landline thing pretty well. Reading crime and punishment at her beer garden table with her legs stretched out on the bench so that no one else could share. Huge band playing polka music, everyone screaming, spilling beer, and she's reading her book in the middle of it all. And that's when Landline goes too far. I thought, what a good segment. Even I can protest against Landline features like that. So anyways, without further ado... Let's go to very two very serious conversations between brothers and sisters mixed with some other funny treats. Call the landline, 503-894-8480, Australia, I love you. McKay Residence. Hey, is this being recorded? Um, Let me check. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? That's why I called was to leave a message about this fucking... Kavanaugh. Oh, I watched the entire. I was so unproductive yesterday at work. I watched the entire thing. I listened to it on the radio, and um, man, I, how do you feel about that? Hmm. Well, I, I don't think it was a conclusive proceeding. Um, I have a lot of like feelings about it. Dad's on the phone, honey. We got to come here. But I, my takeaway is that there was nothing conclusive about that hearing, and. Um, my like uh, so full stop but i thought character wise kavanaugh is just kind of like he's not the kind of temperament i'd look for in a judge frankly what about if you were completely in the kafka world of the trial kafka is the trial where you're on trial and i mean like there's no jurisprudence of of proper, like, American, Anglo-American, 
like you're presumed innocent, and this lady comes up and has no evidence at all. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fucked up. I mean... So, I mean, wouldn't that, at that point, just say, hey, this guy is innocent until proven guilty, and she has nobody supporting her at all, even her best friend, who signed a letter saying this never happened, I've never met this guy before? Yes, but in that same regard, the opportunity to find evidence, whether it be corroborative or exculpatory, was was shot down by 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 not doing the background investigation preceding But the, they did have the they did have the Senate committee go and interview everybody and do an investigation and all four people who that she said were there said it never happened. And they put their like sworn testimony in at the end. Was Mike Judge in that thing? Yeah, was Judge and her best friend who she said was there and saw this and her friend's like, I've never even met this guy. I've never went to a party with him. I've never met this hmm. guy. I didn't know yeah. that. She used to be married to um fucking giant uh Democrat operative. Well, um, I think that friend. kind of crackpot stuff is, you know. So, I mean, I'm just in a weird position because it's like, I feel that it's very Kafka-esque. I mean, this guy's like, man, how do I prove a negative? How do I prove... I mean, he pulled out his calendars from 1982, which is so fucking bizarre, but he actually had that. That was and weird. Like, I, I mean, it's weird, but it's like, he's got it. And he's like, I wasn't there. I never fucking did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't see why everybody's like, I believe her, but they don't believe her friend and everybody else who's like, no, we this never happened. <clears throat> All I wanted was for her to have an opportunity to speak her piece and have it have it be heard, and that yeah. happened. So, yeah, you know, memory is a tricky thing, and yeah. I I think that obviously something has happened to her. I don't know what it was, but sure. um, I couldn't help but feel pretty like repulsed by Kavanaugh. I can only like I can only in my imagination try to figure out how it feels to be him right now. Sure. And but the thing that was like I saw no conclusion for the the charges leveled against him. So what made you feel repulsed? I found like him to be complete like I just thought he was just wasn't answering questions. He was his manner was really triggering for me and I think it's because I like yeah. come from the same sure. place and I was around people like him and I just have a kind of a deep seated distrust of sure. drinking good time frat boys. Um, yeah. But I can't say that based on yesterday's proceedings that he should not have made it through the Senate Judiciary Selection Committee. Like, I think everyone made the, the right decision because they're, you know. I think everything that they did today, even with Jeff Flake saying, hey, man, let's do one more week that this, like, FBI stuff sounds good, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they're going to go back and talk to the same people who've already sworn that they didn't perjure themselves under penalty of felony, they're going to try and talk to them again, but I, I mean, I just don't know what's up. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel bad, honestly, obviously, for anybody who's 
assaulted in any way. It's just I'm not sure this lady's got the right guy in a weird way. I just don't, you know, it's like this whole, like. Well, that's not the question to ask. It's like, to me, the focus is like, was it Kavanaugh? And the answer is there is no conclusion. It's not, it's not this lady has it wrong or whatever it is, or she was abused by another person. Those things may be true, but like the question on trial or whatever that was called under review was whether or not Brett Kavanaugh attacked her at 15 and at the end of the day, there was no conclusion. Right. So, I mean, at that same so, thing, it's like, So that's the presumption of innocence. So he's innocent. I mean, I would think so, but not everybody thinks he's innocent. A lot of people, like, even in Ben, they had a huge rally when I went to the bank. You know, everybody's always outside of Bank of America. All the, uh, like, ultra-active um, people are out there like, we believe her, we believe her, and all this stuff, and... Obviously, I didn't even want to walk over and talk to him because I feel like I would have gotten beaten up. But I was like, why would you believe her over him? That's my whole thing. Like, why would somebody believe her over him if everybody that she said was there and witnessed it says it didn't happen? That's that's what I don't get. You know, like, where are we at in America when everyone believes her just because she leveled a charge against him? I think I think that's a good question to ask. I think that where we're at culturally is in some new era of gravity being put on charges of sexual assault. And I think people need to check in. I think landline riveting conversation from the constitutionalist enigma and the significant bother here on landline. Let's check in with another important brother-sister conversation going on this week. Landline. Landline. Hello? Hey, you rang. I was trying to reach Anna, but I texted with her and I guess she's very sick. Do you think if I think I gave her botulism that that's something that I should tell her up front because there's sort of a risk reward there. She'll never eat my canned goods again if I say that to her regardless if that's the case. How many um how many whoa how many pickles did she eat? I couldn't tell you. I mean we have at least five gallons of pickled zucchini relish and strawberry jam and she, you know she really is sort of in charge of her own eating so i don't know you've eaten the same one i don't think it's that i think everyone is sick right now to be honest i was sick can, I, can we facetime please all right we can i won't let the landline people know that we'll facetime you just have to yes we can facetime you have to give me five minutes though here all right and then we'll talk more about botulism okay so I know that you think sometimes you have it bad, but imagine if you're Tim and one of your interns just pumped $100,000 of wine from the one tank into another instead of the same tank that it was supposed to be re, you know, filtering into. Wait, am I on a landline podcast right now? Yeah. 
Oh. Um, whoa. So, holy shit. So what's going to happen? They're going to just have to put it into different bottles. It was supposed to be like a high-end, top-flight version of one of their wines, and now they're just going to have to call it something different and sell it as probably bulk wine or one of their red blends. But but talk about like a landline problem at work that can't be undone. So is it a loss of a hundred grand? Well, I mean they're gonna sell the wine, but what it was a hundred thousand dollars worth of fruit. So I think on the retail market, that's several times that. How is he? Is the employee being fired? No, I think he just kind of put his hands up in the air and said, "Well, shit," and then you know just. <laughs> Was it an honest mistake? Um, he said the person had previously gotten a DUI, so I don't know. <laughs> um, in a company vehicle. All right, well, really what we called you for, we're doing a little landline potpourri this week because um, unless Sean McManamy calls me from the Toronto airport where he's got a 15-hour layover, I don't have a featured guest. Oh, you should go look for me in Toronto, yeah. Do you have any just quick, like, four-minute fashion? You know, what's the fashion this fall? We're really, you know, not only are we past Labor Day, but definitely, you know, you can't get away with summer outfits anymore. The temperatures have basically changed, and certainly the, the color of the sky has changed, and the leaves are starting to turn. So, you know, for those of us who aren't looking 18 months ahead to what is going to be on the runway in Paris 2020, what are people wearing this year? For for the fashion behind versus the fashion forward, what what what's hot this this fall? Uh, wearing your activism, so wherever you fall on the political spectrum, some sort of graphic tee that talks about where you are um, politically, socially, economically. Do you think a sw- yeah. like swastikas, for instance? Well, as I said, wherever you fall, uh, denim that been worked in some way, which could mean like patchworked or worn in or distressed. Today at brunch, I saw two girls with denim jackets on where the denim, it was denim mixed with another material. And that's odd to see that in um in, within the span of 20 minutes. That means it's definitely trending. Um, Olive and Navy, which Katie Colton is a real fan of. Together, separate, either way? Yeah. Together, meaning like a bottom that is an olive and the top is a navy. And that's never happened before in human history, those two colors going together, or just has come back happened, around? But it just looks very fresh right now okay beets and goat cheese sort of yep um the booty always but it just kind of looks fresh again with an ankle pant for a woman due to the fact of global warming where it is changing but it's still a little bit warm out but you want to feel seasonal you don't want to wear summer anymore wait Um, what wait can you re can you just restate what that item is because for i didn't even get what you're talking about the... Making a friendship bracelet there on speakerphone. Okay, that's fine. Um, I heard you, but what's it called? What is always in fashion? A booty. 
What's so a what's a booty? Is not a full boot, not up to your knee. It's only to your ankle. And for a really chic, um, fresh take on it, for a woman, you wear a booty with a cropped pants. So you see a little bit of leg. So you're still not completely closed up because you know while the colors have changed and there is this hint in the air of fall, it's still fairly warm at least here on the east coast. I also saw what I think is the hottest trend, which was sent down the runways last spring for this fall, which is police redux. And there is a store near you called Warren Top Studio where I've bought you multiple Christmas presents. And today on their Instagram, they had a Penfield patchwork fleece that I would give my last nut for. It's $170. If you and mom want to go buy it for me, I already found out they have a size small. Okay, so we'll just go right from the airport. She's arriving in about three hours right to that store. Do you think they're open so Sunday nights? Pa- you know that you know the Patagonia zip up in natural that all the basic bitches have? Yep. Uh, it's that, the patchwork in multiple different colors. It is just beyond. I sent your wife picture of it, but due to the fact that she's dying from botulism, I don't think it's, you know, in her uh, priority list. Right. I had to make her tea with cream and sugar. That's how bad it is. Landline. Let's check the voicemail. They were rolling in, 503-894-8480, before we get back to hot Kavanaugh talk. Landline. Mr. McKay, how are you, sir? Giles calling from Vermont. Just wanted to say hi. Just finally got caught up on listening to the new episodes. Uh, everything sounds great, man. Really enjoying the significant bother. Anna, well played. But I mean, it's like, um, just want to say hi. Walking the dog after a crazy busy weekend. Just had September Fest, the beer festival at Madera Glen, and we saw the afterbar floor and just stripped 30 beds and cleaned the shit out of toilets. And yeah, you know, a day in the life of a hospital. Room. Give me a call back when you get this. You know the number. That's to Anna and Homer. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Landline. Time for another cocktail hour with Giles for sure. The holiday season is approaching. We'll have to call the hostel in rural Vermont. Nothing more landline than that. Let's check in on our counterparts and see if they've gotten anywhere on the Kavanaugh discussion. Landline. It's possible that Brett Kavanaugh did this. I can see that. You know, it's possible it happened. From what, you know, like all these other hundreds of people have said about his character and stuff, it would be out of character for him. Is it possible in your mind that she is somebody who is working to derail this because she is a Santa Cruz liberal professor? If she is, then she deserves a fucking Oscar. Okay, good. Honestly, like... No, no, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. What did you think of her speech pattern? I mean, I couldn't get over Brett Kavanaugh's speech pattern. To me, she sounded like a thoughtful person who was terrified who was trying okay. to be impeccable with her words yeah. and not mess up. She was a Maybe. Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. She was a lay person who found herself in a completely 
foreign situation. Like she didn't know how like she didn't know how getting a lawyer worked. She sounds really naive to me. Like, does she sound like a professor? No, she didn't. But it, I don't know why that matters. Well, she is a professor, right? Yeah. So, are you trying to say like maybe she's not? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like what. I mean, the kinds of people who go and get their PhDs aren't always the most, you know, yeah. um, emotionally or socially um, stellar, you know? Like, yes, you're totally she right. might be a professor, but at the yeah. end of the day, she's a, a doctor of psychology or whatever. She's not... Do you think a doctor of psychology would know how a um, lie detector works? Not necessarily. Right on. In fact, yeah. lie, like the the science behind lie detectors is really, you know, everyone yeah. thinks it's kind of bullshit. So, right. She put stock in her lie detector test, or they gave her two questions. I. She said she was asked questions all day, and she had well, they, to recant her. I the, yeah. I. I mean, I. I have to. Just accept. It, hey, you asked me a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. The lie well, detector. With two questions. Okay, well, I didn't hear that, but it was admiss, or it was um, not admissible. What's It was right. entered as court evidence, whatever it was. Whatever, like, I think it was, like, the final results. It wasn't, like, the entire package. And so whatever was put into court, I, that's the thing. Like, I'm not going I, – I can't know what the other stuff was. So, yeah, you know, if her lawyers decided to only put in those two questions or if they were only allowed to put in two questions as they indicated in the proceedings, then, like, I don't know. I, I think the lie detector is kind of it's, – it's not an equal playing field because Brett Kavanaugh didn't take a lie detector or whatever it is. It's like sure. if all of this is he said versus she said, then it has to be an equal, like it has to be all things equal, and it just wasn't. Yeah. Man, it's so painful, you know. I mean, it's just such a strange situation to put people into because it's such like, you know, my whole thing is, again, I've come back to just like the constitution of America, and what if we do just say, hey, you're not presumed innocent anymore? That's my that's my that's the reason I was gonna call the landline and leave a message. It's just like, what if nobody's presumed innocent anymore? If it's just accusation can ruin you. If it's the accusation, the 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 depth of the accusation or the gravity of that versus the dearth of of evidence, then where does that leave anybody? And it's not just boys or girls. I mean, but girls and everybody. Like, what if it, an accusation is now the you know, that's my thing. That's what worries me. What is It's very an worrisome. An accusation is one thing, but it's not how the Constitution works. Everybody's presumed innocent until they're proven guilty, right? right? So, like, where's the proof that this happened or anything? This lady hasn't provided a, a thing of, of a scintilla of evidence except saying, I'm 100% sure it was he who did it. And it's just like, that... I could, you could, you could have made that accusation. I could have made that accusation. I'm almost old enough that I could have made that accusation that I ran into that guy at a party when I was really young, and this happened to me. 
And I could be there saying, yes, he did it. And they say, well, where were you? When were you? When did this happen? Where were you? I say, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it was he who did it. And that is Kafka, dude, right there. That is Kafka. Somebody saying, he did it, he did it, he did it. And they're like, well, when, where, why? And no supporting evidence. But it's gotten a lot of people thinking that he actually did it. You know what I mean? It's like all she did was accuse him. That's all she did, and she came out and did it and, set, and stuck to her guns and said, he did it, he did it, he did it. But there's no evidence at all. And this guy's saying, hey, man, I'm, you know, so, yes, of course he was angry. If you look at Clarence Thomas, the way he reacted to the Senate during his judicial nomination for the Supreme Court, I think that Kavanaugh took a book, a page out of his book. Oh, yeah, came in just angry. I, yeah. yeah, man. You know, so people say, well, he's an angry man. I don't trust him. It's like, well, fuck, what are you going to do if you got your own daughters, your wife, your life you spent doing this, and you've got, and you're not guilty of this, then what, how are you supposed to react? You know, I mean, it's, it's such a strange thing. I, and, again, I fear for the country when somebody, and when an accuser can come in and hold up this whole process. Landline. Here's a fear we should all be considering. The loss of breathable air. Let's check in with Sean, the helicopter ski guide, who we might rename the Rapid Climate Change Ski Guide because might as well use it up while we've got it, right? Hey, Landline. How's it going? I'm boarding a plane to Chile right now. All right, we'll just give us... Literally about to hand over a passport and my ticket. Okay, so do you want to put the stewardess on the line, or did you want to just put it on speaker, or what's the plan? It's all right. I'm cruising down the... uh, Jetway? Jetway. All right, so just, just talk about, you know, and I want you to tell us proudly how much CO2 have you put into the atmosphere in the last three weeks, because it's been... Just give us... uh, well, over the last eight weeks, I've flown in helicopters approximately 20 flight hours per week, which is more than I do generally and more than most people do ever in their life. So about 160 flight hours. Think Oh, no, you're breaking up. The Canadians, the Toronto has us. Fuck. Are you there? Shit. Landline. Well, there's certainly some irony there. Getting out into nature, getting away from your desk, your computer, unplugging, flying far away. Not in Sean's case. This is his job. And then paying someone to help you enjoy the far reaches of our snow-capped mountains. Skiing powder enjoying cold beer, rustic living in some sort of camp setting, helicopters, the way we used to do it in the old days. As important as the Kavanaugh issue is, and we all know that it is, we've got to quickly check in to make sure we've got our hands on the fashion season because you would never want to debate Kavanaugh in the wrong outfit. Landline. Okay, now what about for me? Well, two questions, and then we'll 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 let you go. I mean, this is great, but I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time. We have to use video chat apparently. So, a mm-hmm. this the like worked in denim thing that was that was that was hip 
15 years ago. Is that the same coming back around as we know all fashion does? Or is it now that you have to like stay home and beat the shit out of your jeans yourself to, to have street cred? Or is, are there factories in China that are putting the like, you know, the, the worn in look in as they were in 1998? They are. But what is happening, just like everything else, is this, um, you know, craftsmanship is back real craftsmanship because it all of a sudden seems exclusive again and wanted because everything is so over-manufactured. So there is a Japanese brand called Kirko Made, which they have a uh, beam and anchor, and like they're doing all this shibori dyeing plus this certain kind of hand stitching on denim, which I could send you a picture of that has some terminology but I forget what it is but it's literally like taking your jeans and doing all these little white cross stitches on them yourself like anything that can't be replicated is really fabulous on denim right now all right one, one of a kind and then so, you know just like farm to table it's blow back on Cisco it's like let's be authentic again and then what about for men? I mean, you're giving great fashion tips for the many landline female listeners, but um, do, do guys just wear the same clothes constantly every season? Um, I think there are slighter changes. Again, streetwear is just really important, which means, um, you know, a Kanye West hoodie with denim, an oversized champion uh, T-shirt, Champion is back. It's a real, um, you know, heritage brand. Yeah, the, you mean the same, same slaves in Vietnam are, are making it as were 25 years ago, so it's heritage? Yeah, the big C, the oversized C. I would say the same thing about Fila. So this streetwear component for men... Um, Kind of how all those amazing guys were dressed at that party we went to on the roof of that hotel slash hipster place in Portland. So you wear like tight jeans and like high top converses and a giant oversized sweatshirt? You got it. The jeans don't have to be that tight. They can be though a little more tapered, um, I would say. But if you're not an artist or a DJ... And well, I think it's more of a Nike Air Force One high top, not a Converse. All right, but it's still the oversized sweatshirt. I mean, if you're trying to like get a business deal done, that's not really the outfit to wear. You, no, so that should be weekend, and a business deal is you know a suit still. I think one thing that they're trying to transfer into the more middle of the road is a, the crop suit, so the Tom Brown where the suit is skinny. And, again, it hits at your ankle. Um, you know, a man looks fabulous in a suit. Doesn't have to have a tie, but there's nothing like a jean with a white shirt and a blazer as a look. Yeah. No one should shy away from that. Yeah, well, you kind of have to have a good chest for that, though. You know, that's the one thing. I feel like okay. like pudgy guys don't look great in a dressed-down blazer look. It just kind of looks a little bit tired but i think a great sweater is also important yeah all right that's great well and 
invest in your core basics. You know, you don't have to have a million clothes, just have a few really good pieces. And if you, in the same way that people kind of, whether it's they do it at the school year or at New Year's or the beginning of a summer, it's kind of a changeover. They decide that they're going to update some, you know, iteration, not iteration, some vertical of their life. And usually it's, I'm going to cook differently or I'm going to start exercising or whatever. I'm going to, you know, this is the year I'm going to start having a sourdough starter and making bread. If yeah. if someone wanted to decide that they were just going to stop wearing manufactured crap clothing because they had like kind of nailed down their hybrid car and they'd nailed down their eating at least most of the time and they decided that they'd start biking to work a little bit more, what sort of what kind of pocket change do they need to like have that initial overhaul a thousand bucks can you get by with a thousand bucks yeah i think you could do it for that and you just kind of go for that season with some stuff that would extend beyond and then you know you'd really want to look for sourcing quality of fabric and and kind of where the money is ending up i mean i think the first thing would be sourcing and in terms of being a better consumer so how is not only how is it being made and who is making it and where is it being made, but how, what is the fabrication and how are they manufacturing it or getting it or uh, where is it from? Is it a natural process? Is it dyed naturally or with chemicals? Um, and just like everything, you have to do a little bit of work. An easy one would be to look at Everlane, which is at least more transparent about the factories they use, and those are great basics. All right, last last question. At least 60% of the listeners of this podcast are from Australia. Do you have any just sort of Australian fashion comments, discussions, tips, celebrations? Uh, Zimmerman by Australia is an incredible brand. I think that for women, I think Australia has gorgeous, resort wear and is a really un- we should be so lucky to have contemporary designers like Australia has so they don't really need our advice um, we should look more to what they're doing and what where do you fall on wearables like the iWatch and the the all the stuff that's sort of like f- where fashion and technology become one is there uh, do, do we I need to take a like, stand I, I don't like a wearable but I did save this article, a wearable meaning a wrist wearable, about Under Armour creating apparel with taping technology. So there's certain parts in the leggings for men and women that is supposed to help you, for example, squat more correctly or help you that when you are exercising to give you extra support and not basically let you cheat, which I think is phenomenal. Well, you know, our cousin's fiance sent me a uh, text message. I wish he had called in and left this on the landline voicemail, although he did leave a voicemail this week to show me an article about how John Hancock Insurance Company is looking to do all of life insurance policies based on human wearable technology. So blood pressure, health, how much fitness the person's done. So. Skynet is going to start creeping into what we wear, and I wonder if it goes into fashion too. Something for our listeners to consider if they really want this technological boom to continue. Call in. Chime in. 503-894-8480. All Kavanaugh calls will not be played on the air. Landline. 
but I'll tell you, man, it's like, yeah, most of the kids at boarding schools are fucking geeks. Yeah. Why, most of them go, you know, that's why, just like Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is a guy, he would just be a fucking geek. But that's why he got to where he is. That's why he went to Yale and shit. It's not like he got to Yale because he was fucking raping people. That I believe. I, I just I, I just think that there. I think that this poor lady, obviously, had some sort of abuse. But I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I can't speak to it. I don't know. I just don't. We don't know. That. We don't know. And that's what happened know. yesterday. No one knows anything else. Amen. But there's. It's not on him to prove a negative. It's no, like, that was made very clear. That yeah, was made very clear. Yeah, so, you know, again, um, I, I think this whole, you know, man, I, I just feel bad for everybody involved. Uh, okay, I got 15 minutes before I got to pick up all these dates. I'm going to walk into Brother John's and grab a drink while we talk, if you don't mind. I don't mind. 15? Okay. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Good. I'm going to get a seat outside. Hi, Samantha. Good. Can I get a Tito's and tonic with a lime? Thank you. And I have a drink here in the afternoon. That's I'm nice. Friday. Face. Yeah, it's Friday. Um, All right. Well, how about, like, yeah. within the realm of the larger, you know, I hate that it's called the Me Too movement, but it's like... Right. The I wish I like was more cogent during the Anita Hill stuff, but I have no frame of reference for it. For I was, yeah, too, you young. was too young. No that. idea yeah. it was happening. Yeah. Um. Kenny's cutting in. Oh no, Kenny's cutting in. Oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were just about to get somewhere. I know. He says we're just about to get somewhere. Oh good. Okay, great. Well. Okay, so in the frame of a larger Me Too movement, this is obviously like a pendulum swinging where this woman, like I think, okay, this is kind of separate but equal. The timing of it, the fact that it had to go in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee and like take over all the radio channels and news channels for an entire day, it was completely avoidable. And that part is, like, very upsetting to me. Do you um, realize that she said that she didn't realize that Grassley and all of them had offered to fly to California and talk to her in private? And she's like, I didn't even know about that. Did you hear that yesterday? Yeah, I, mean, I did. I knew about that weeks ago. They were talking about that on the radio weeks ago. Like, Chuck Grassley says he'll fly everybody out there to talk to her, like, two weeks ago. And yesterday she's like, I didn't know about that. I mean, well, I mean, at a certain she, she point, cave? that's ridiculous. At a certain point, it's like you're in the machine and other people are making decisions for you. And I do think that at a certain point, people were leveraging her accusation for their own purposes. Like, and that is exactly what I'm saying. That we're subverting the constitutional process here for political reasons. Well, no, I mean, that was the constitutional process. It's just we went through a process that was avoidable through another constitutional process. But they didn't even let her know what was going on. Thank you, keep saying, um, you know, man, it's just like they didn't even, her lawyers are like, didn't even tell her about it? That's ridiculous. Yeah, That's I mean, I agree. So that was really upsetting to me, um, especially, like, 
as much as I might personally feel ruffled by Kavanaugh, it's like it is it is like a life ruining. Like you know, his, his daughters are gonna know and whatever. I mean, I think he's, he's gonna end up. Only on... gonna know that he was accused of it, not that anything actually ever happened. Right. Um, but I guess like the question I have is, you know, what are the important things emerging out of the Me Too movement that need to be like honored, and what is it that's going? further than the law allows? Good question. So, you know, as somebody with, you know, a history of abuse myself, it's like, you know, having people, having a, having people understand the gravity and the life-changing effects of, going through trauma like that is, like, a definite win. It's a positive, I think. But leveraging it and weaponizing it to start getting your way is is tough for me. I agree with you completely there. And I, you know, I, I just hope that parents will educate their children. That's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? It really is about that. It's you got to talk to your kids and let them know what's appropriate and what's completely out of bounds. Right. You know, and um, I understand pressures that are put on people for sure. And um, I just, uh, you know, I just still believe that Obviously, like people say, it takes a village to raise a child, you know. It does. But, I mean, more importantly, it takes parents who are aware of, of what is going on in the world to be able to raise their children about the dangers of the world and about the way to be a good person and the way that bad people act, you know. Right. Um, it's just... Well, yeah, here's I think this is, to me, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Ahead. No, you can no, finish. No, please. No, you go ahead. Well, I think it's along those lines, like obviously as parents we're projecting, well, what if Brett Kavanaugh was my kid basically, or what is the future of my white male son going to be like? Yeah, but see, in the wake of this, you got to give up the white. You got to give up the white male kid because I I listened to y'all's podcast after I left that message about how I was so stoked on Florida and all the people are like just like we gotta stop balkanizing. You can't say white male kids. It doesn't matter. I mean, black. Well, the conservatives are really, really leaning into that. Like our white boys are are a threatened class now. I don't want to get too far down that road. I don't say that because I feel that way. I'm saying that because that's the language that conservatives are using right now. If you're a race concerned, if you're a person concerned about race, then that's um either white or black or Chinese or whatever, it's just kind of like a um, racist view of the world. All right. Like, 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 it's a racist view. So, I agree. Okay. For the general all right, let's just step all. step away from that. And okay. the point I'm trying to make is if as parents we are turning our thoughts to our children during this time as as thoughtful parents will and how can yeah. we make our children 
resilient, respectful, brave, brilliant, all the things. Yeah. I was struck, and this will be a landline comment, that there is not going to be like a meticulously kept calendar that will be referenced in the state, like the Senate hearing in 40 years. It's going to be like Snapchat history and Instagram stories and Facebook feed. It's This won't happen again because everything is recorded now. Including this phone conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're exactly right. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's probably going to be just it is what it is. But it, to me, it, it's indicative that this feels so, like this time feels so crazy and heavy, but it's so fleeting because it's not going to be he said, she said in in the next 10 years because everything will have been recorded by then. And I think yeah. that that's kind of, it's interesting. That is a very good um, observation. And um, on to piggyback on that and listening to the other podcast that I listened to on my way to Portland the other day, you said, well, I'm not going to be like John. I might not be like John Lucy about this, uh, like, ring thing on my, my house or whatever, you know, say, John Lucy, they mess my property, I'll put whatever I want on it. It made me really think about it. Remember your neighbor had that fucking yeah. uh, video of you? Uh-huh. You you put me into a bit of a quandary there because, yes, I believe as somebody who owns this property, I should be able to put this thing on there, but you forgot that I am, like, the fucking exact opposite of somebody who would ever do that is a thing. You know what I mean? Like I would never video somebody. I would. I don't. I don't want a video thing in my life anywhere. Just read Ray Bradbury. I don't want any. Uh, trust me, I've read plenty of Ray Bradbury. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying. I don't. I, I don't. I would never have an, a fucking like uh, like computer refrigerator that talks to my dick or or my fucking vibrator or whatever I have, you know, it's just like, I just want to have my thing. I don't want anything to talk to anything. Well, I don't remember exactly what I said, because I do remember using your name, but... Yeah, what you said was, your your neighbor was filming you, and you said, that's really creepy, because the guy now has a film of me, but I was on his property. So you put me into, like, about 20 hours of (laughs) non-sleep, thinking about where, where would I be on that? My whole thing comes down to the fact that a soft rain is coming, you know, or a soft rain will fall, whatever. That Ray Bradbury, it's 14 minutes of reading, and it's just about the fucking world after right. the humans are gone, and it's just the machine Machines. running everything. So I, since I was 14 years old, I, I'm, my biggest fear is that what I thought about when I was a little kid is coming to fruition, and it makes me wonder if, you know, about heavy stuff, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I don't want it to happen. Well, it's he. I under. I think Fred is entitled to put the ring on his house. I just am taking it one step further, which is no one's going to come to your house anymore, or you know, I'm not going to come to your house. And like, isn't that a shame? Landline. 
All right, that's the bulk of it. We're almost through the episode. Thank you so much for listening. couple more segments, Scam Jam and Significant Bother. I think I'm going to get her to call in and report on the botulism from her remote location in the Deep South, as well as a little tale story about the $100,000 of wine getting dumped into the wrong tank. So listen all the way through. Thanks for listening. 503-894-8480. Australia, you got to make that call. Go to a phone booth in some rural place and drop a dime on the landline. Talk soon. Landline. Landline. Hello? Hello. Hello? Hi, sir. This is... Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, sir, this is Jason Green, and I'm calling you from the technical department of Windows about your computer, okay? Okay. So... I do believe that you are the main owner of the computer at your home, right? Yes. Okay. So, so let me tell you the purpose of this call, actually. So from last few weeks, we have been receiving some errors and warning reports from your computer to our centralized server. Like whenever you are going online or doing any social networking sites or receiving or checking your emails, at that point of time, some online hidden infected files has been getting downloaded into your computer without your permission, without your knowledge, okay? Oh, which social media sites? Do you know? Actually, it is happening like whenever you are going online, sir. We just got a notification from your computer license ID number, which has been registered with us, okay? Oh, do so you, can you, just do you tell me that? Do you have that number? Uh, yeah, sure, sir. Okay, can you tell it to me now so I can write it down? Yeah. It's. I'm telling you, hold on. It's zero, zero, zero. Got it. He has in Charlie, zero, four. F as in Frank, D as in David, seven. D as in David, 062. Okay. This is your computer license security unique ID, sir. Okay? okay. Which has been registered with us. Okay. So, can you just tell me that, are you near the computer right now? Um, not right this second. Excuse me, Jason Green, are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay. You're calling from Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Did you call in the middle of the night last night? Unfortunately, I missed your call. Uh, maybe one of my technicians was called. You know? Oh, okay. Maybe another Jason. So, now, so you're calling me to tell me that there's a problem with my computer? Yes, sir. Okay. So what should we do about it? Yeah, that's why we just called you to show you up the problem. Oh, well, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm not going to do the computer for the rest of the day just because it's sort of a religious observance. I'm trying to use the screens less. So do you think there's just a chance you could call me back maybe after sundown or on a day that starts with T, and that way we could we could do it then? Okay. Uh, so, so I'd like to call you after a couple of hours, maybe three, four hours. That would be great, Jason, and I hope you have a good afternoon in Tennessee today. 
Okay, thank you so much. Okay, bye. There you have it, folks. Landline, October 2nd, 2018. So fun to make this podcast. Thanks for all the guests, voicemails, call-ins, callbacks, reach-arounds, reach-throughs, and Senate hearings. We will see you next time on Landline. Can't wait. 503-894-8480. Stay tuned for one last segment after the credits. Keep up the good word with Landline. Enjoy those apple picking orchards and fall sunsets, fleeces, piles of firewood, games of cards, roasted vegetables. Remember what makes it good to be alive. See you guys next time. Landline. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. You're listening to Landline. One, two. Hello? 4 p.m. on a Sunday in September. Everyone else in the world is watching TV. What, my winemaking friend, are you doing? That's not exciting at all. Yeah. Well, just for for landline listeners who want to check in with somebody who doesn't do a job at a computer all day, do you have any just, you know, stories of a wine harvest that we can enter at this timely 
point in the season? Yeah, well, you know, we've picked about 400 tons of grapes in the last two weeks. Um, the winery is completely full. Uh, I had an intern pump um, wine from a 13-ton tank of family ranch into a tank of home ranch this morning, compromising upwards of $100,000 of fruit. Holy shit. Uh, so do you just you just print design and print new labels that are called Home Stanley Ranch? Yeah. We, 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 we've already sent the challenge to our marketing department. 100 you know, grand. Uh, you know, it'll be... It'll be what? It'll be 4,000 gallons, a couple thousand cases of wine. Um, so she decided to just preemptively do some blending, which... Now I'm going to have to make sure it still works, but hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. So what happened in the moment? Like, did someone else arrive at the tank and say, you're pumping this into the wrong place, or did she figure it out herself? Well, I think she figured it out when the tank that she was pumping it into started overflowing because she had been taking wine out of another tank. <laughs> and then did she turn the pump off and, like, come screaming or like can you just just describe that moment up in the back fixing the press i had to replace a couple of valves pneumatic valves so i was just like you know elbows deep in teflon and she just they like both walked up to me and this has been a recurring theme with uh rebecca my intern from oregon um and martine just said boss Ooh. I thought someone had died for the eighth time the hardest, but no, Rebecca had just done something. Rebecca's also my intern who got a Dewey in the work truck in the first two months of working for me. So, All right. Well, let's not um, let's not share too much about ours because this story is too good not to use. So. All right. Well, I'll let you go back to your family vacation there. But um, I mean, what does one do? You can't undo that moment. You can't. You can't call and apologize or redo the website or um, just try to sell another kind of shoe. You basically are just FU'd if you have wine blended that was supposed to stay separate, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's called declassification. So it just went from Stanley Ranch to Carneros Pino. All right. Well, all the many landline listeners wish you, wine, uh, our wine aficionado, our wine steward, our two guys, one cup partner in crime, Tim, a, a happy rest of your harvest, a good afternoon off, and we look forward to a post-harvest bottle of wine sometime soon. Can't wait. All right. Have fun.